Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hello, friends. Stoked to have you here for this epic debate. This is one that I was like, long ago, this is like an idea that crossed my mind. I was like, that would be a really cool matchup to see Kent Hovind and Godless Engineer, as those are both popular gentlemen on YouTube. And I have to give credit to Standing for Truth. So Standing for Truth, if you're out there, his idea to, to bring these two influential YouTubers and speakers together for a debate. So want to say thanks for being here, everybody. We're stoked to have you. If this is your first time here, consider hitting that subscribe button as we are trying to build an eclectic community. We want diversity of thought. So no matter where you are on the spectrum of Christian to atheist and all the strange creatures in between, we are thrilled to have you here. So with that, want to let you know we are thrilled to have both the speakers here. And we would just ask that uh, for the Q&A, just want to let you know if you put an at modern day debate in the live chat that'll make it a little easier for me to fish out all the questions and you can also do a super chat in which you can make a comment toward one of the speakers that they would then get to respond to the only thing we would just ask is uh warning people beforehand if it's anything derogatory toward one of the debaters we're trying to uh let's see how do i say it? we want them to feel as welcomed as possible given that they're they're both coming for free uh, like I, I feel like I personally owe them and so you're 99.9% uh, .9 of everybody's always friendly but once in a while there are people a little, little bit uh, more aggressive than necessary so with that want to say both of the speakers have their links in the description so Kent Hovind has his link drdino.com down in the description right now so that box down there see right there, and Godless Engineer has his YouTube channel linked down in the description as well. So that way, if you're enjoying this, and you're like, hey, I wanna check out more, hear more what these guys have to say, you can conveniently access their links right now. With that, want a quick read over the format. Uh, just a quick couple of things. We, we just wanna mention this because we, we try to plug them here and there, is we have a charity that we are, we're not sponsored, like there's no like, uh, we actually haven't even communicated with them. I just used to try to plug them in past debates, like in-person debates, and that is called Be The Match, and I'm showing them up on the screen. That's just a bone marrow donor registry. They cover all of the medical costs. If you feel led to donate your bone marrow, basically uh, people who have leukemia or cancer of the blood, if you happen to match with them once your DNA is in their registry, Basically, they would give you a call and say, hey, uh, somebody needs your help, will you donate? Like I said, they cover all the costs, you're just donating your bone marrow. And so they're linked in the description as well. Just wanna give them exposure because there have been a lot of lives saved through that organization. Next up, wanna just quick mention, uh, oh, I already did mention, speakers links are in the description. And then I will just read off the format for today's debate. So. Thanks for your patience. But I really want to say first right away is thanks so much to the speakers for being here. We're thrilled to have you. Thank you. You bet. Having a slight malfunction. 
with uh, changing the screen over, but I'm going to read the format, and that will be eight-minute openings, and given that Kent is taking the affirmative, he uh, said he'd be willing to take the uh, very first statement, so he'll give his opening, followed by Godless Engineer giving his opening, and then we will have five-minute rebuttals, followed by 20 minutes of open discussion, four minutes of closing statements, and then 15 minutes of Q&A. So without any further ado, again, gentlemen, thanks for being here. I'm starting the clock for eight minutes, Kent Hovind, and I will officially start the clock on your first word. All right, well, thank you so much for having me on the program. My name's Kent Hovind. I was a high school science and math teacher 15 years. For the last 30 years, I've been an evangelist defending the Bible as being scientifically accurate and the evolution theory as being the dumbest and most dangerous religion in the history of humanity. And those are the nice things we say about it. Yes, I believe the Bible is clear there was a flood. The Bible says the earth was corrupt before God, and all flesh had corrupted his way. And God said to Noah, the end of all flesh is coming. Make an ark. And so they read Genesis chapter 6 and 7 and 8. The Bible could not be more clear. There was a flood. So Noah built the big boat. According to the Bible, Noah was about 600 years old when he went on the flood in the ark. Before the flood, the Bible teaches the people clearly lived to be, you know, 900 years. That's what the Bible says. And there are hundreds of legends of a flood of, of a golden age when man used to live to be a thousand. And so I think that the Bible says, you know, 900 some. But still, there are much historical evidence that indicates there was a time when man lived a long time, long time, 900 years. And after the flood, uh, the people's lifespans dropped off to 400, then 200, then 100. But if you read through the story, the Bible clearly teaches there was a flood. Second bit of evidence for a flood. So if someone such as John says there was no flood, he, he needs to just understand, I'm sure he does, you're saying the Bible is lying because the Bible clearly says there was a flood. So it's you versus the Bible, and that's your, your position to take that if you'd like. Number two, there are over 350 now flood legends that have been discovered. One of the speakers is coming to speak at our boot camp this weekend, Friday night, Saturday, and all day Sunday, or all day Saturday and Sunday morning, is Paul Abramson, who has a collection on his website, creationism.org, and you can read all the flood legends. Some are, of course, twisted and you know, per, uh, tweaked beyond, uh, beyond reality, but that's normal for a legend to get twisted in, over the years. But the, the, why would there be 350 cultures around the world still talking about a time when the world was destroyed by a flood? The Hawaiian legend, for example, says long after the death of Kunihana, the first man, the world became a wicked, terrible place to live. There was one good man left. His name was Nu'u. He made a great, great canoe with a house on it and filled it with animals. The waters came up over all the earth. All the people were killed. Only Nu'u and his family were saved. Exactly what the Bible says. Only it was Noah and his family. But the Chinese have an ancient legend called the Hiking Classic. You can look it up. They say Fuhai is the father of the Chinese civilization. And the story says Fuhai, his wife, three sons, and three daughters escaped a great flood. He and his family were the only people alive on earth after the flood, and they repopulated the world, which is, of course, what the Bible teaches. One man, his wife, three sons, three daughters, three, three, three wives, and they repopulated the world. The Tolik Indians in Mexico, when they were first discovered by white settlers coming into Mexico, they, the Tolik Indians legend says the first world lasted 1,716 years and was destroyed by a flood that covered the highest mountains. Only one family named Coxcox survived. It's interesting, 1716 is the date the Indians had put on it. Of course, their calendar may not have been the same as ours, but the Bible dates are 1656. 
So why would there be 330 now that have been discovered? Flood legends. I think it's because there was a flood. Go to creationism.org and read them for yourself. So if you have 330 different cultures around the world, unrelated, unconnected, all telling a similar story, maybe it's because the story is true, or at least based on truth. Third bit of evidence for a flood. If you've ever seen a rock tumbler, you put in fragments of rock, and you let them tumble for a few days or weeks, and then you take them out, and they're all rounded off. I live in a gravel pit, Lenox, Alabama. We have billions of rocks here. Gravel all over the world is rounded. Why would the gravel be rounded? There are layer after layer after layer of rounded gravel right here. We're sitting on top of it. For 50 years, they dug gravel out of this pit to make county roads. I can go to any town, USA, and you can go to any place in the world and find gravel, and it's rounded off. Very frequently, there'll be layers of gravel, then layers of clay, layers of gravel, layers of clay. We have five layers of gravel exposed on the hillside right here near my house. I take part of the tour we show. I'll show you, John, when you come down. Between the layers of gravel is a layer of clay. Well, during Noah's flood, the, the moon would pull the tide up, and then the water would have to rush in to fill that bump at the same speed the earth is turning. I've got a globe here somewhere. Can you find that? Uh, the globe. Oh, right behind me. Okay. Uh, thank you. The world is turning at this latitude, 31.3366 degrees north latitude, turning the other way, uh, at nearly, nearly 900 miles an hour. If the water, the moon is holding a bump of water up the high tide, and there's no continents to interrupt it during Noah's flood, the tide would become harmonic. And instead of six or seven foot tidal change, you'd get a 200 foot tidal change every six and a half hours, which the water rushing sideways to fill that bump is going to cause rocks to be rolled all over each other at 900 miles an hour, and this would cause them to be rounded off like a big rock tumbler. During high tide, when it sits still for a half hour or an hour, the small fine particles settle out, and you get a layer of clay. Clay is just part rock particles are much smaller than sand, and then you get another layer of gravel as the water rushes the other way. So we have layers of gravel, clay, gravel, clay. It's found all over the world. Just Google gravel layers, and you'll see thousands of pictures on Google. This and in between are layers of clay. This is an indication the water is moving sideways, not depositing from the stars or the sky. They're going to tell the kids in school the geologic column has different layers of different ages. I say, guys, where's this new material coming from? Outer space? You're building up younger layers on top of older layers? No, this is all lateral movement of the water. Had to form these layers very quickly. Oh, we're going to run out of time here. Two minutes. If you look at the country of Turkey, on the far eastern side over there is a little town called uh, Noah Ungumshi, which means Noah's big boat. They've got signs, you drive right to it. The Turkish government says they have found Noah's Ark. The Bible says the Ark rested in the mountains, plural of Ararat, mountains. And so I talk in my seminar about the, the Noah's Ark being found there, right uh, here. Life magazine published the article in 1960, high altitude spy plane took pictures, and there in the middle of a lava flow is a boat-shaped object. 1978, there was a volcanic uh, uh, lava, no, uh, earthquake, and either it popped up or the ground fell down. The result's the same. It's now sticking up out of the ground. And this boat-shaped object is 515 feet long, the exact dimensions that Noah's Ark was supposed to be, only it's wider than it should be because it would splay out as it, as it collapsed and, and rotted away. And when lava or mud flows around in a stationary object like a rock or something, it does make a teardrop shape just like this. However, this one's facing the wrong way. The teardrop, the point of the teardrop would be downstream. Many people have studied this object and say, that's Noah's Ark. 
the government of Turkey built a visitor center. You can go see it. Uh, let's see. Uh, right. Coming up here. Boat-shaped object on Doomsday Mountain. There we go. The government of Turkey confirms, yep, that's Noah's Ark, and there's their visitor center, and you can go see it. So I think seconds. you have to say there is enormous physical evidence right now saying Noah's Ark could be there. Let me get uh, 165 here. Okay. So 70% of the Earth today is covered by sedimentary rock. This can only happen in something like a flood. Gravel is rounded worldwide. The Ark's been found. There are underwater canyons. There are polystrata fossils all over the place. There's enough water on the Earth right now to cover the Earth 8,000 feet deep. There's plenty of water for a flood to happen if you just simply adjust the crust of the Earth, push the mountains down, lift the ocean basins up. So Jesus said there was a flood. The Bible says there's a flood. John says there's no flood. I want to hear this. Go ahead, John. You got it. Thank you very much. And just in time. Uh, next up, we will go to the opening statement from John, and I should also ask the debaters, sorry, I, we, the old habit is we usually say like 60 seconds, you know, 40 seconds, if you'd like me to give hand signs for like minutes, like two minutes, you know, one minute, if that's your preference, I can do that too, that way I don't interrupt your speech, so. Uh, five. Cool, okay, you bet, so. Uh, uh, no, I mean, you can just interrupt me and tell me. Okay, you bet. Uh, the, let's see, got it set for eight minutes, and the floor is yours, John. All right. What's up, heathens that are in the chat? Um, so first I want to say thank you, James, for putting this together. Thank you, Hint for, uh, Kent, for the uh, opportunity to uh, debate you. Uh, I've been watching, uh, you know, your sermons and everything like that online for years now. Um, and you know how wrong you've been has actually taught me a lot about science so I appreciate that um, now this debate is ultimately about basic geology versus the Bible uh, or you could think of it as uniformitarianism versus catastrophism now prior to modern geology and the concept of uniformitarianism we had catastrophism and basically what catastrophism says um, is that the earth was formed in the way that it is now through uh, successive like catastrophes that happened with the most recent one being uh, the flood um, and uh, catastrophism uh, has has been disproven since the early 19th century it's a largely dead debate but it's only uh you know coming around because of the creationist crowd uh so just to give you a little bit of history on this um james hutton was the first to propose the idea of uniformitarianism he didn't call it that but it was that idea uh he did this in the 1790s uh, he proposed that the earth was formed over long periods of time by uniform processes of nature in 1830, Charles Lyell picked up where Hutton uh, left off and uh, built off of Hutton's ideas. Uh, he used observational evidence to establish what we would eventually, uh, what would eventually become the primary tenet of geology. That tenet is the idea that uniform processes have shaped our world. Through wind and water erosion, valleys are carved out, pebbles are rounded off. Uh, these slow changes over long periods of time is the most probable explanation for how our Earth came to be what it is now. Uh, so I, I feel like the evidence for uniformitarianism uh, is well established. So I have a lot of problems with the flood model. Uh, 
Um, for one thing, it would require 2.25 quintillion meters cubed uh, of water, more than what we have here on Earth. Our router reset. Our router reset, Steve said. Oh, hold on, uh, James. I think nobody can hear you. I hear James just fine. Sorry, folks, I had myself muted on Streamlabs. Basically, uh, we are good to go. We're thrilled to have Team Hoven back. I was afraid it was a power outage, but we're, we're good. So we're gonna start it back up. Godless Engineer has five minutes and 20 seconds. Thanks everybody for your patience out there. Glad you're sticking with us. And John, the floor is yours. Okay, so uh, I'll start at uh, my most recent section. So I have a lot of problems with the flood model um, because I feel like uniformitarianism and basic geology have been well supported uh, throughout time. So it's really up to me to, you know, explain why the flood model doesn't make sense. Uh, so for one thing, it would require 2.25 quintillion meters cubed of water more than what we have here on Earth. Uh, now, I've been watching a lot of you, Kent, and it seems like you eh, maybe you still uh, follow this whole hydroplate uh, theory. And uh, it doesn't actually hold any water, uh, pun intended. Uh, for one thing, where did the water go exactly once it like retreated? Like where where did all of that water go? That's a lot of extra water on this planet. Um, uh, did, did it like retreat back underneath the tectonic plates or something like that? Uh, where where did it go? Uh, that's one question I would like answered. Um, the inability of the uh, flood model uh, to answer this basic question, which I know I haven't given uh, Kent the chance to answer yet, but hopefully he'll he'll try to come up with an answer. But I feel like the flood model doesn't have the ability to answer questions like this, and uh, it's because of that that you know these things just don't make sense. Like the the things that are in the flood model do not make actual sense in observed reality. Um, for one thing, uh, Kent says that this water underneath the tectonic plates were under great pressure. And when the Earth's crust cracked, um, when uh, God made them crack magically, uh, apparently that pressure was so great that it, ex it caused the water to explode out of these fault lines. And I just want to know where this pressure was coming from. Like, I get that you say that the crust was sort of floating on top of this, but uh, even so, you would need a pressure from, like, inside, uh, you know, the Earth, like, from the inner core pushing out on it in order to get the directional vector that would be spurting out of the crust. So was the inner Earth expanding? Uh, what, what, what was causing that pressure from the center of the Earth to cause the fountains of the deep to erupt? Um, and if so, what happened? Did, did just the Earth get bigger? Um, like like the, the mass of the Earth would get bigger because obviously rock and uh, uh, everything that the inner core and outer core is made out of is much denser than water. So that would mean that the Earth would have been lighter in the past or something? I, I'm not exactly sure how that works out, but it raises a lot of questions. But that's kind of the point of this whole line here is that 
these alternative explanations that you have and you've always espoused only cause us to ask more questions that you can't actually answer. Uh, and it's because they break the natural order of things in observable reality. And they do so before supernatural reasons. Supernatural explanations for things have never actually explained anything. All supernatural explanations have been replaced by actual natural explanations that are observable and repeatable. Uh, you may claim that mountains weren't as big as, say, Mount Everest, because uh, I know that you pointed out in your intro there how there's enough water on the earth to conceivably, uh, you know, raise the, the water level 8,000 feet. And um, I haven't actually checked that number, but assuming that you're correct, you would actually need a whole lot more water in order to flood the entire earth. But then that pushes you into the position of having to move the goalpost. Because when you, when I point that out, you'll just say, oh, all of the mountains were, let's say, less than 8,000 feet tall. Well, then you're just special pleading your way through this argument, and it's very dishonest. Because there's no way for you to know how tall they were. Only that God supposedly flooded the entire earth, and the only thing that we know is that these very tall mountains existed at one point in time. And I'm... I mean, we can test like how old Mount Everest is and when it formed and all of that. And it's, it's more than 6,000 years. It takes more than 6,000 years in order for a mountain like Mount Everest to actually form. And it wasn't done by catastrophe because guess what? Catastrophe never, never forms mountains in the way that you say. It never does any of those things that you talk about because there's no observable evidence for it. There's no evidence in geology for it. So you're basically just putting out assertions and not actually backing them up with science or evidence. Now, you um, sort of alluded to some evidence like finding Noah's actual ark in Turkey. I'm wondering if you know what pareidolia is, because that's exactly what you showed me is the is pareidolia. I mean, it looks like a boat and I guess it could be a boat. So therefore, it is Noah's ark. That's not, that's not how anything works. Uh, that particular mountain range, that formation is uh, not a boat. It's just a regular natural formation. It looks like a boat to us because that's what a boat looks like. But just because it looks like it doesn't mean that it's actually it. Just like how faces seem to appear on the ass end of helicopters and shit. Those aren't actually faces. They're not actually sentient beings. They're not Autobots or um, Decepticons. Okay. Those aren't things. Uh, so to go through your intro here while I still have time, how much time? Oh, okay. So that's the, that's the end of it. Uh, so I appreciate uh, your time here. There was a lot that I didn't cover, like uh, the magnetic field and how uh, that works, uh, how the fault lines work with uh, basalt and magnetism, which I'm sure that he'll bring up. But um, yeah, uh, I think that the Bible is lying to everybody. I don't think that it's telling the truth about. That's fine.
I was on silent again for the audience. We are now moving to the rebuttal phase. Uh, five minutes for Kent, and thank you for your patience. The floor is yours. Well, thank you so much. It's an honor to be here again. Um, yes, the Bible clearly teaches there was a worldwide flood, and the Bible clearly teaches there was water under the crust of the earth. Psalm 24, the earth is the Lord's. He founded it upon the seas and established it upon the floods. The crust of the earth was above the water, according to the Psalm 24. Um, he founded it upon the flood. Psalm 33, he layeth up the depth in storehouses. What is now the deep, the oceans, used to be stored in the crust of the earth. Psalm 136, similar. What he referred to, the hydroplate theory, I do strongly believe all the scientific evidence points to this being literally true and scientifically accurate and plausible. There was a layer of water under the crust of the earth. There is still enormous amounts of water in the crust of the earth. They have underwater vents when they got down to the bottom of the ocean in 1977. Jacques Cousteau discovered tens of thousands of underwater hot water vents shooting water up into the bottom of the ocean. Well, duh, it has to be coming from lower than that. <laughs> or it can't be shooting up into the bottom of the ocean. There are tens of millions of hot water vents. So the Bible clearly teaches there was water in the crust of the earth. The scientific evidence shows us there is still water in the crust of the earth. And the Bible says the fountains of the great deep broke open. You asked, uh, John, where did this pressure come from? Well, this is, this is, I know you're an engineer, but you're a different kind of engineer. It's called gravity, okay? The fountains of the deep broke open. Rock on top of water would exert pressure just by simple gravity. And if it can ever find a place to get out, it'll come squirting to the surface. A cubic foot of rock weighs about 160 to 180 pounds, depending what kind it is. And if you stack it up 10 miles high, you got 30 tons per square inch, just simply gravity. There's your pressure. You mentioned pressure inside the earth. Well, no, it's just simple gravity pulling the rock down. Once the rock cracks and finds a place to the water finds a place to escape, it'll launch things out into orbit. All you have to do is uh, get up to escape velocity. At the surface, it's about 25,000 miles an hour and diminishes rapidly as you leave the, the gravitational, effective gravitational pull of the Earth. So it, it's common sense. Maybe the craters on the moon were caused by stuff being blasted off of Earth and the moon eventually running into it. It is clear that the near side of the moon, the crater system is very different than the far side of the moon, indicating something was different back then. And there are huge craters all over the Earth, probably from the rocks that blasted out. So I cover all this on video number two, which you can get and return after you, you got to pay for it. Then buy it, watch it, copy it, send it back. 50 bucks for the whole series. Video number two would really help you. So you asked about where did the rocks come from? Where did the water go? John, it's still here. It's in the oceans. The oceans are huge. The oceans today cover 70% of the planet. The oceans average 12,000 feet deep. The continents average less than 3,000 feet high. If you smoothed out the earth right now, the water would be 8,000 feet deep everywhere. You said there's not enough water to cover the earth. For heaven's sake, a cup of water would cover the earth if you spread it real thin. I said years ago that one drop would cover the earth if you spread it real thin. That's true, but you get down to just a few molecules per, per square centimeter. But it's true, one drop would cover the earth. So 8,000 feet of water worldwide would be the average if the earth were smoother. If you push the continents down, raise the ocean floors up. So where did the water go? It's still here, it's in the oceans. Come on down to Lenox, Alabama. We'll drive down to Pensacola Beach. I'll show it to you. And you can see where the water went from Noah's flood. You mentioned about this debate is really about geology and versus the Bible. I love earth science. I taught earth science for 15 years. Be glad to have a quiz on that with you if you'd like. Uh, but the catastrophism, the idea that there was a catastrophe is not a dead debate at all. It was something that the uniformitarian guys like uh, the evolutionists like James Hutton you mentioned, you know, they kind of took over the market here, but they, he, they just flat lied 
I'll show you in just a second here. I've only got one minute left. Uh, three slide 382. See, I've got over 10,000 slides, so it kind of helps if you ask the questions in the same order that I have the answer. Okay, there's James Hudson. He wrote a book, Theory of the Earth, 1795, the year before he died. He said the Earth is much older than everybody thinks. His book published 1795. This was also a time of many revolutions worldwide. People were trying to get rid of the king. It's called the age of anti-monarchy. Get rid of the king. America was involved. We got rid of the king. The American Revolution, the French, the Spanish, the Polish, the Italian. The Bible says to honor the king, and some people thought this was an obstacle to their political objectives. So they were looking for a way to demonize the Bible. And so most people thought the earth was a few thousand years old. James Hutton came along and said, no, it's millions of years old. He developed a dumb idea of uniformitarianism, which is that the present is the key to the past. You know, the Bible's the only reliable key to the past. But I cover in my seminar all kinds of and seminar part four, lies in the textbooks, about the crazy geologic column, which does not exist any place on the planet except in the textbooks. I'm in a room full of textbooks here. Come on down, I'll show it to you. There is no geologic column, John. It doesn't exist. The flood uh, formed all those layers in one year. All right, time's up. Thanks so much. We appreciate it. And now we will go into the rebuttal from Godless Engineer. So, uh, John, I've got the clock set for you, and I will start it on your first word. I think, you're, I think we might have you on mute yet. I'll reset the timer. Go ahead. All right, so that was painful. Uh, so now, uh, starting from back when uh, Kent first started in his opening there, um, Kent starts out with his entire basis for why he thinks the Earth is 6,000 years old and why a flood actually happened. That would be because the Bible says. And that's ultimately what Kent leans on here to justify his idea that uh, an actual flood existed. And then he moves on from that position to find evidence in reality that seems to support his position, even if he has to distort that. Like, for instance, saying the rock cycle isn't a real thing. I don't know what that was about, but that's just ridiculous. Uh, he also stated how people used to live to about a thousand years old or something like that. Um, that's actually not supported by anything that we have, like in either biology uh, or or history in general. Um, the, it's it's not supported anywhere other than in the Bible, because the Bible says. Um, then uh, he uh, yeah he said the thing about uh, whether or not you you think that the Bible is lying. Uh, of course, I think the the Bible's not necessarily lying. Sorry, maybe that was a little bit of a a, a gotcha kind of statement uh, because I don't think that the Bible was meant to record history. I think that it was meant to teach theology, and when you're looking to teach theology instead of history, you don't get history. But a lot of people want to read history into theology, so. Um, and then he talks about the 350 flood legends. Uh, just because there's a lot of flood legends out there doesn't mean that the flood actually happened or that the Bible is correct. Uh, the I'm sure floods have happened like all over the earth. Uh, people have come up with uh, floods uh, or have experienced floods uh, in probably just about every continent. Um, he talked about the rounded gravel. That's got a very easy explanation of water erosion. Um, and then he talked about the earth spinning at 900 miles per hour at a certain thing as a way that these rocks would have uh, uh, become rounded off. 
And uh, you, I don't know why you think that whatsoever. Uh, for one thing, the reference frame of the Earth would have the rocks moving at the exact same speed, so it wouldn't feel any kind of change in velocity or whatnot other than whatever forces are acting on it because it's moving along with the Earth. Also, because I do a lot of flat Earth debunking, I know that the speed from a reference frame outside of the Earth is not applicable to a reference frame on the Earth. So on the Earth, the Earth is spinning at like 0, 0.000, uh, what, six something rotations per minute. Uh, so it's moving very, very slow. So that particular thing just doesn't make sense whatsoever uh, when you consider, you know, reality. Um, and then you're talking about the geologic column forming quick uh, or all of those layers of the geologic column forming quick. And then you say that the geologic column doesn't actually exist later on. So maybe you can explain what you mean there. Uh, John, we lost you. I think the. Can you hear me? Oh hey, shit! Sorry, sorry, sorry. Sorry. Uh, <clears throat> so the geologic column is an actual thing. You can actually go and you can see it. And the reason why we know that this is a thing that happens is because it's what we observe in reality. It also matches everything else that we find in uh, in reality, like the um, radioactive decay rates and how how. how how, how fast that happens for particular elements. And you can run those on the particular layers and you can uh, double check to see, you know, that this is actually that old. Uh, now you do get a date range uh, because of how imperfect the dating is, but you do get a pretty good range and it is not in the thousands of years. It's actually in the millions of years old. Um, you talked about underwater caverns. Yeah, underwater like caverns exist and they have water in them. I would say that that's a product of gravity pulling water down as far as it can. Like if there's a if there's a cavern that water can get into, it's going to fill it. Um, so I don't I don't know what that was supposed to prove. Um, again, with the eight thousand uh, feet of water being able to cover the Earth, you talked about how a drop of water could cover the entire Earth. Uh, while true, that doesn't mean that the entire Earth was flooded. Also, my calculations for how much extra water would be needed, like the volume of extra water was needed, uh, uh, includes the current uh, diameter of the Earth, which would include sea level. So it would include, it would already include how much water is on the Earth. I'm saying you need, on top of the water that's already here, you would need that much. Uh, so that's the explanation, uh, explanation for that. Now, in your little diagram so, uh, of the water... It's actually a time, so... Oh, sorry, sorry, I didn't know. Oh, that's all right. I just realized that myself. I'm trying to keep up with the questions coming in. Uh, with that, we will go to the open discussion. So, anybody, if you have your questions, uh, feel free to put them in the live chat, and I will try my very hardest to get to all of them. Uh, we have a kind of doing a short and sweet spiel today so we really won't get to all of them but we're going to try to go as fast as we can so for the open discussion we've got about 20 minutes and starting the timer now gentlemen the floor is yours the floor is whose his or mine and are we discussing the questions or well, what he just said? Is another rebuttal well, i don't know the, this is just well, open well, discussion can't, can't yeah, it's an open discussion. Uh, I just used a lot of time. So if you want to ask me a question or explain something to me, as long as it doesn't go too long, I mean, uh, sure. I would say go ahead well, and ask. 
you made quite a few, uh, uh, I would say, false statements about me. You accused me of being distorting things and being dishonest. I resent that greatly, and I think that's slander on your part. You said my only basis for believing this is because the Bible says, and I clearly showed you that is not correct. I do believe the Bible is true, but that is only one. All the scientific evidence also points to there being a worldwide flood. All the historical evidence points to there being a flood. So don't say I okay. only use the Bible for this. That's a way for you to cop out of giving an honest answer. I gave you no, nine. No, no, no. I'm not trying to cop out of giving an honest answer. Can Can I address this real quick? Sure, sure. I gave nine reasons why. One of them was the Bible. Uh, okay, okay. No, uh, if you actually listen to what I said, I said that the basis of your belief is the Bible. Now I'm kind of curious if you found evidence in reality that the Bible was wrong in some kind of way in this context would you say that the Bible is always correct or would you say that the Bible is wrong in that instance? If you can find evidence that shows the Bible is wrong, I will admit it was wrong. If I can show you evidence the Bible is right or that evolution is wrong or that the geology, geologic column is wrong, will you change, John? It, if, if you could actually prove it, yeah, sure. But okay. the problem is, is that you can't. None of your evidence actually proves okay. that, the, okay. that the Bible is correct and that evolution is wrong. Okay. So you mentioned uh, the thousand years not supported anywhere. I told you clearly the Bible says people live to be 900 and clearly there are hundreds of legends of a golden age. So I gave again, historical evidence for a time when people lived to be nearly a thousand. Why would there be legends of a golden age when people lived to be a thousand and died peacefully in their sleep? I didn't um, make okay. people that never heard of the Can't. Bible have these legends. So I Can't. didn't just give biblical evidence. I gave historical evidence, John. Kent. There are legends of a dragon that enters the upper atmosphere and swallows the sun. Is that correct? Well, this is called a red herring. You're diverting the point. There no, are no, 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 you brought up legends. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. You're saying it's a, it's a red herring. It's not. Because you brought up how legends prove your point. And I'm saying that there are legends out there that are obviously wrong. So why do you think that these legends are correct? Well, I'm pointing out that it, it is supported. It supports what the scripture also clearly teaches. There's certainly historical evidence that this happened. There are legends that an amoeba turned into a whale. The stupid legend of evolution teaches that. Why do you believe such a thing? That's uh, a legend. Wait, 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 an abeam, uh, wait, wait, hold on, say that again? A single cell creature like an amoeba turned into a whale. Do you believe whales and Let humans me, and mosquitoes have a common ancestor? Uh, okay, okay. Well, I, I'll, ad I'll address this, but sure. I want to say that this is not actually the debate that's being had. Well, okay. uh, you but, say you, de but you debunk the Bible. Okay, go ahead. Huh? You say one of your things is to go around debunking the flood or debunking the Bible, and so I, I just thought you must believe in evolution. That's the I only do. alternative. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I, I mean, uh, yeah, I, 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 I debunk creationism, but yeah. Um, so... Is that how you think evolution actually works? I can show you straight from the textbooks. I'm sitting in a room with hundreds of them. An amoeba. No, no, do you think an amoeba creature, turns into a whale? Over millions of years, the amoeba, they have lines on paper connecting the whale, the human, and the amoeba. Yes, that's what they're teaching the kids. No, the, 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 teaching. they're teaching the kids that uh, single-celled life started out and then many different organisms occurred and we can trace those through the fossils, the fossil record, and we can figure out how a land quadruped 
eventually turned into like whales and uh and dolphins and we know that this happened uh one of the main reasons is because they have vestigial hind legs that don't work and actually sometimes protrude from their bodies when they're caught so evolution doesn't actually say what you're saying uh you're really reducing it down and it makes me feel like you think uh one day a amoeba split through asexual reproduction or whatnot and a, a whale just immediately appeared is that what you're saying or no i think you're trying to hide the stupidity of the religion of evolution because your religion does teach that whales and amoeba came from an amoeba over millions of years and your idea that the whale has vestigial hind legs is a sh showing your gross inadequacy in biology the whale has bones in their abdomen that are used for mating the whales have a 15-foot penis they have to mate underwater in the dark with no arms and they can't talk and say scoot over they got special muscles that have to move this thing around in the dark at 3,000 feet below sea level yes that whale is not that's not a vestigial pelvis they never had a leg it's part of their mating system. Study some anatomy. That's I've got one of the bones here. <clears throat> Wait, yeah, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm sorry, Ken. You, you cut out there. They have a 15 what? 15? I didn't cut out. You heard me. Google it yourself. Whales have to mate underwater in the dark with no, they can't talk and they have no arms. This is not part of this is part of the reproductive system, John. You need to study your whale anatomy before you claim that's a vestigial hind leg sticking out of their body. You are mistaken. Uh, Will you you are wrong. Will you admit you are wrong on that? Whales are not evidence for evolution. They don't have a whale. And even if they did, that would be losing something, not gaining something. The only well, example no, actually, it's proof. It's, it's proof of change. They didn't. They didn't necessarily lose something. They just change with the environment that they're in, which is still part of evolution. So they didn't lose anything. They just changed to suit their environment, and it happened over millions of years. So. There's a, picture of the, not... <laughs> there's a picture of the bones right here you're referring to. The textbook says, many organisms retain traces of their evolutionary history. For example, the whale retains pelvic and leg bones as useless vestiges. And your books do show all of the creatures going back to a common ancestor, the whales, the fish, right. the humans, the starfish, the mosquitoes, the clams, all having a common ancestor, which was single cell. That's what they're teaching in the biology books. That's right, because that's saying. actual science, and I love how you how, how, how you pulled up a, 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 an actual thing that talks about how there's a leg bone in a whale. <laughs> They're calling it a leg bone, and it's not a leg. But this is a biology textbook. There's the reference for it. The book's right on the shelf. I'm pointing out the books are lying. It's not a leg bone. It's part of their reproductive system. This textbook says, how? just imagine whale. Here they are, right here in the Los Angeles Museum. There's the bones. That's not a remnant of a leg bone. If it was losing a leg, so, that would be so, a battle of can, losing, can, not can I, can I ask something? You, you, you think that those little bones right there can control a 15-foot penis? Those bones do control the whale's mating system. They're different in the male and female. You've got a number, a number of whale anatomy. Got a but if that's, the best, if that's the best you've got for evidence for evolution, that's an example of losing, not gaining. Dolphins have similar bones in their abdomen. It's not a, yeah. it's not a vestigial leg. You guys are lying when you teach that. Hold one sec. It's I just, not a vestigial okay, leg. Hold on one sec. I just National want to got people, says it. Got go people in the live chat asking if we could go back to <clears throat> the flood of Noah. And I think that's just There's because. the bone right there. Yeah, so I'm 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 sorry that I, I went down this particular track. My bad. Uh, I should I shouldn't have indulged myself. 
Okay, uh, so let me ask you this. You said that James Hutton was an uh, evolutionist? Oh, I didn't say he's an evolutionist. He's one of the first ones to teach the Earth is millions of years old. He began okay, my bad. I misheard the revolution. I don't know what he believed on uh, evolution. His theory of the Earth being millions of years old started all this. See, without millions of years, the evolution theory looks real stupid. I think it looks stupid with millions of years, but without the millions, gee, now it's, it's a frog turning to a prince with a kiss. But somehow in your mind, if the frog takes millions of years, it'll turn to a prince. Oh, that's science. It's still a fairy tale. So James Hutton just supplied the magic ingredient of millions of years in the, in the imagination of the evolutionist. There you go. There's the whale's bones right there, and that's what it controls. Do some whale anatomy study, and you will see. Wow. Wait, wait. What does it control? What does it control? You get all excited about that topic, don't you, John? Are you a pervert or something? Okay. <laughs> God created reproduction. It's perfectly fine. And the whales have to do that to make baby whales. And those are not a vestigial uh, leg bone. I'm pointing out you're mistaken or you're lying. It's not a vestigial pelvis. It's, uh, <laughs> it's part of their reproductive system. It's in all the books because that's the best evidence you guys have. One sec. So sorry. It's stuff I hate like this. Look, look, we're, still, just, uh, we're still, yeah, we're still on evolution and we need to get back to the flood. I tried to change okay. that, but I, br I brought up, I'm sorry, I brought up the whole evolutionist thing. My bad. That I'm, I'm sorry about that. Not a problem. Uh, so what, what other questions do you have for me, uh, Kent, about uh, uh, the flood? Well, you mentioned that gravel is formed from simple erosion. Would you show me where this happens in layers that are thousands of square miles of rounded gravel? And you mentioned that the earth is turning, you know, the rocks are turning with the earth. I understand that. I taught physics. I can explain it to you carefully. I said, if you'll listen to the tape, when the moon pulls the water up, the water has to rush sideways. It's true, the earth is turning. But if there's a high tide here and a low tide here, all that water had to come from sideways. It is sideways movement of water during the tidal change. I didn't say that rocks aren't moving with the earth. Of course they are, that's common sense 101. But when you get the water being lifted up or pulled up by the moon like a magnet or gravity, it, the water has to rush to fill that bump. That's what's gonna cause okay. the erosion, uh, underwater uh, erosion okay, and the well, rounding uh, my, of the gravel. My, my, my bad, because it, uh, when, I, when I heard you talk before, it sounded like you were trying to make up some kind of explanation for it or something like that. If water erosion is why you say that there are rounded rocks and everything, then I would agree. I, and they're, they're, they're worldwide. There are trillions of them of rounded rocks. Yeah, because rocks. the oceans touch continents worldwide. So does this only happen along the beach line? Well, no, it I would occur where the ro water is. Have you never been to like a river where it's got running water and there's like you find smooth rocks in it? Oh, exactly. Of course. I have studied this intently. But have you ever been to a gravel pit like Lenox, Alabama, where there are thousands of them in a nice, neat layer that's and then there's no river anywhere in sight? Well, and then there's you, a layer will, of clay you realize on top. that over the course of the Earth's history, like there's been water like in different places like. Oh, that's the point of this debate. There's been water over the whole Earth at one time oh. called Noah's Flood. That's the point. So of the I, 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 I literally mean that, like, there are waterbeds that are now dry. Oh, now that I would agree with. Go get me some well, okay. that are closed. I mean, the, there are waterbeds that are dry now because in the past they were full of water. So you would find rounded rocks there because in the past there was a waterway there or there was a lake 
or there, there was a river or something like that. And then shit changed and there's no longer a lake or a river there. Well, I just I'd like to point out for the audience, you've had something in your mouth four or five times in the last hour that I wouldn't hold in my hand, but that's okay. Um, you seem to have that kind of vocabulary. The, uh, that's fine. The uh, rounded rocks don't form in a lake. This is moving water. And I pointed out there are thousands of square miles of continuous limestone beds, for instance, sedimentary rock. 70% of the earth is covered by sedimentary rock. When they got to the top of Mount Everest in 1953, the year I was born, 1956, I'm sorry, two years, three years later, when they got to the top of Mount Everest, they found petrified clams in the closed position. Okay, okay, clams good. I, I'm, glad, I'm glad that you brought that up, okay? Let's have it so, of a flood. No, 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 no. It's not evidence of a flood. On on the scientific model, on the geologic model, how how does it explain that exactly? I want to know. Well, I would like to point out that there's a there's a difference between the scientific model and the current evolutionary model. Evolution has no science to back it up. Here are some petrified clams in the closed position. When go to the beach, when clams die, they open. Something eats them, and it's hard to find a matched pair of seashells. But yet there are petrified clams 10 feet thick in northern Alabama, where you live, John. Ask around, where are the giant beds of petrified closed clams 10 feet thick in northern Alabama? I think this indicates rapid burial. Fossils don't form at all today in any significant numbers. When animals die, the coyotes and buzzards scatter them all over the woods. Yet we find fully articulated skeletons, dinosaurs, 80 feet long. All the bones are still connected. This thing had to be buried rapidly in mud, rapid deposition of mud. You need to watch my video number six. But no, fossils are found, petrified clams in the closed position. This is an indication that they okay. were buried quickly before they okay. could even open. I okay, you, you didn't answer my question. You didn't answer my question, by the okay. way. I'm sorry, go ahead. Try again. My, my question was, how does the current geological or scientific model explain this? Please do not say evolution one more time. Okay. The current scientific model cannot explain it. No, they actually, the it. current scientific it. model can explain it because mountains like are formed it. when the tectonic plates and uh, uh, the, the, the uh, shit like merges together, like they hit and they form a mountain. Mountains form slowly over time, the, you know, from the bottom of the ocean or whatnot, where this, these things would have been buried and formed, would have gotten pushed up and put on top of a mountain. That's okay. why you would find like uh, sea animals and everything like that fossilized right. at the right. top of a mountain. I understand. Do you well, think, if that's correct, why didn't you say that? No. Do you think clams are dying at the bottom of the ocean today and being in the closed position? When clams uh, died well, all along, I think that they the could have been rapidly buried and then the fossilization process would have eventually occurred. Because you're right, we don't see fossilization happening like right behind, right in front of our eyes because it takes a long time for fossilization to happen. Why on earth would you say that? I've got a fossilized pickle in our museum. We have a petrified teddy bear. There's a place in Czechoslovakia where there's a little waterfall and it splashes high mineral content water. People go set roses around there and they fossilize. They get mineral content coated, turned to stone in two or three days. Why, who taught you it took millions of years for fossilization? Somebody, you need to get your money back for that education. That's not true. I actually didn't specify an amount of time, but it, I just said that it takes a very long time to happen. And it takes, it takes a very long time to happen naturally as opposed to whatever the fuck you just brought up. 
if, if fossilization takes millions of years, the creature is going to rot before that. They find fossilized soft tissue like octopus arms, squids are found fossilized. Single-celled creatures are found fossilized. Fossilization uh, does not take milk. I've got pictures of animals, Kent. fish giving birth fossilized with the baby halfway out. It does not take yeah. millions of years to have a baby, John. This is a rapid process. Oh, I delivered Kent, one of my Kent, kids at home. Can you explain? Can you explain what fossilized, like what a fossil actually is? Can you explain? Well, there, are what they are. Yeah, there are several different types of fossilization. Generally, it's the minerals in the water replacing the cells in the exact same shape of the cell. Petrified wood is a classic example. All the cells are gradually replaced by minerals, and it can be all sorts of different colors depending upon the mineral. In this case, largely calcium, I think. But fossilization happens. There's a replacement fossil where there's probably actually no clam left. It's now rock in the place of the clam because it rotted away. There is impression fossil. Yeah, there's several different methods of happening. I taught her science for 15 years. I'd like to have a quiz on that. I'll take you on. But the fossilization does not take millions of years. They make fossils in the laboratory in 20 minutes. High pressure, lots of minerals, put pressure, turn a, turn a soft tissue into stone in 20 minutes. They can make coal in 20 minutes in the laboratory. They can make oil in 20 minutes. There's a factory in Texas. We're not talking about the laboratory. Okay, there's a factory in Texas. They slaughter turkeys by the millions next door to make, you know, sell the turkeys. They give all the guts and feathers and beaks and feet to the place next door. They put them under heat and pressure and turn it to oil in 20 minutes. This is, this is, this is ancient technology. 30 years ago, they've been doing this. The oil in the earth is from the flood in the days of Noah when animals were buried. The whoa, coal whoa, in the earth whoa, 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 is from the whoa, whoa. flood of Noah when forests were buried. The fossils whoa, on top whoa, whoa, of the hold, hold on. What, what did you say they do with the turkeys? They sell, they tell, I showed the reference. I can't find it now. I got 10,000 slides. But they take all the turkey guts, the stuff they don't want. You know, they, they slaughter the turkey. They put the, the offal, I think they call it. O-O-F-F. What's the name for that? Turkey offal. They sell it to the place next door by the truckloads. And they use heat and pressure to convert it to oil, which you can run in your car. In 20 minutes, they can do this. They've been doing this for 30 years. It's cheaper to drill it and get the oil out of the ground, but it can be done, which shows all you need is heat and pressure and 10 miles Wait, of how, rock. How is it cheaper miles. to spend millions of dollars drilling shit out of the ground when you can just harvest a whole bunch of fucking turkeys? <laughs> I think... Uh, I would appreciate you. I have an audience that loves God and doesn't appreciate your cursing and swearing. Are you capable of talking without the cursing? Or is this just ingrained? In, does this make you feel smarter? By the way, you no, it doesn't. That's just how I talk right because I'm actually from Alabama. Okay. Well, you, you used a verb as an adjective there. You need to study grammar also. But, okay. Fossilization can happen rapidly. Oil can be produced rapidly. Coal can be produced rapidly. The flood would deposit layers of mud over whole forests squeeze the forest down and produce coal in seams. Why is coal always found in seams? Sometimes really huge seams. You don't, John, you don't want to believe the flood because that demonstrates God's ability, ability to judge his creation. He's going to judge you one day, John. I'm trying to help you. I'll be the best friend you got. I really don't need your help and I'm not your friend. Yet, You're going to stand before the very God you don't believe in and he's going to say, John, you should have listened to Kant. He's, we're all going to hear it. On, on, honestly, if Christians like you and like the new independent fundamentalist Baptists are like Christians that are going to be going to heaven, I would rather burn in hell. Okay. Time. See you there. I did my best, Lord. I tried. 
I was lifeguard, you know. If somebody's drowning and they don't want you to save them, okay, let them drown. Sorry, okay. gentlemen. Anyway. Uh, we will Thank next. We will questions next. from the audience. <laughs> you bet. Question Q and A time. So thanks for your questions, everybody. And with that, one sec. Okay. So first up, thanks for your super chat, Brian Stevens. Uh, by the way, everybody, if you could do me a favor, um, I know that Kent had requested if the questions could pertain to today's debate topic. And then uh, Godless Engineer, that's up to you if you're willing to field questions outside of the topic, if you'd, you'd like the questions for you to stick to the topic. Any questions, fair game with me. I'm, I'm, I'm fine with all the, all the questions. Okay, uh, any questions then? So, uh, Christmer, I think you had one on Old Testament, uh, something on Leviticus, I'll try to dig that up. Sorry, I, I uh, told you we couldn't take that one. Uh, Brian Stevens said, thanks for hosting the debate. Hopefully we can all stand in unity against the NIFB's hateful message about wanting the LGBT community uh, put to death. Death threats to anyone in uh, capital letters are not acceptable. Uh, yeah, I, I haven't. I don't know exactly what the NIFB is, but um, we hope that if you happen to identify as LGBT, we welcome you here. Uh, we we love you. We we think God loves you, and it's not it's a uh, not everybody's going to agree with you here, uh, whether it be people in the live chat or moderators all the time, but we do love you and we welcome you here. So, um, Ronald Madonka, thanks for your super chat as well. Uh, if you guys, either of you want to respond to that super chat, you can. I, I don't know. I'm, I wasn't sure if it was toward the channel or toward you guys, but... Well, I, I would like to say that uh, today is actually the anniversary of the Pulse nightclub shooting where uh, 49 people were senselessly murdered uh, for you know being part of the lgbt community and um that i i think that it's a horrible thing that happened and i think that you know the people that are part of this new independent fundamentalist baptist that you often see in the news for calling for the systematic you know uh killing of the lgbt crowd even so far as to praise like the shooter of the uh pulse nightclub uh i think that that the, those people are disgusting and uh they're basically a cult gotcha okay i am not in that crowd that calls for the killing of them god's mercy extends to everybody i think it's pretty obvious these people don't reproduce babies and that's the purpose of um uh, well we can get into another topic here i taught biology and give you a long lesson on that if you'd like but I, I think it's tragic nobody should have gone into the nightclub and shot anybody it's not our job to take the law into our hands however john 3,500 babies were killed today by abortion. Are you against that too? If it's not like, against like how you what kind of being is it? Biology, but then you call fetuses children. <laughs> so you don't think a, an unborn child is a, is a child? Scott Peterson. I, I think that a fetus is a fetus, it's child. not a child. Okay, so it becomes a child at birth. So would it be okay to kill a baby five minutes before it's born, John? Forgive me, guys, just to get to as many questions as possible. Okay. Um, John, uh, I know that you probably want to answer, John. I'm sorry if it's okay if I... Uh, no, that's in. fine. Um, with that, uh, yeah. So, uh, Ronald Madonka, thanks for your question. He said, is it possible that the flood story is a parable, just like the story of the prodigal son and many other stories in the Bible? I assume that question's to me. It, there are no examples in parables in the Bible where names are given, proper names. 
And it's oftentimes real clear this is a story of parable. No, the Bible story, the Jesus, or the, the story in the Bible about the flood is gives all the names, gives all the details, tells where the ark landed on mountains of Ararat. It is not a parable in the biblical sense. I believe it's literally true and, and dem demonstrably correct historically uh, and logically. But anyway, so no, it's, it, my answer is definitely not a parable. Okay. You bet. And thanks so much. Uh, oh. Sorry, can um, I can I say one thing real quick? If it's, I, I hate to say no, just to get to as many questions as possible, unless okay. you feel like it's, you just like have to say it, I, I can let it fly. No, no, it's fine. Okay, thanks for your patience. Uh, Avidia Nirvana, thanks for your super chat. They asked, to both, are you a materialist, a physicalist, or what? And uh, thanks for your kind words, Avidia Nirvana. So are you guys physicalists or materialists or... Uh, non-materialists of some type well i mean i guess i would be a materialist because i don't think supernatural things are real i guess i'd have to have whoever asked the question define the terms more carefully but i think it's pretty obvious there are things more than just material world where would you classify love or hatred or jealousy or envy or uh, thinking where, where where do thoughts exist uh it, there's obviously things that are non-material in this world you cannot give a material answer for what on earth is gravity. I can show you what it does. I can explain the acceleration due to gravity, 32 feet per second per second at sea level, or 9.8 meters per second at sea level. But that's not showing me, that's not telling you what it is. There, I think it's obvious. To, if we are, John, if you believe you are just nothing but material matter, how can you trust your thoughts and the conclusion you come to? Because you think your brain evolved from ch by chance over billions of years, nothing but a bunch of chemicals, just matter. Then you, you can't even trust your own thoughts. And conclusions you reach. Well, I don't, trust, well, I don't trust either, by the way. But go ahead. Well, well, what what I would say is that gravity is what results when matter bends space time. Uh, so just to, just to point out how that's actually been at. We don't know everything about gravity, but I mean we know what causes gravity and every. So I mean we we know a lot of things about gravity. Uh, but as far as how can I trust my own mind, uh, I would say that there are some times when I don't trust my own mind. So I seek for things outside of myself to validate either how I feel or things that I know. And okay. I think that it's in that uncertainty that I can come to the truth of reality. Gotcha. Thanks so much, gentlemen. Marty Kemiho, okay. thanks for your super chat. They asked, uh, er, or they had a statement, erg. Please tell Kent that machines won't evolve because they don't have genes. Why is that hard for him to understand? I think that one's for you, Kent. I didn't understand all the verbiage there. Can you say that again clearly? Uh, they said, please tell Kent that machines won't evolve because they don't have genes. Why is that hard for him to understand? Oh, it's easy for me to understand. I use it as an illustration to show how stupid evolution is. If, if machines don't have genes, of course they don't, I understand that. But a, an animal that has gene code is trillions of times more complicated than any machine. How can you, how can you, every, they can understand that a machine can't evolve, but they'll think a living thing can evolve when it has gene code that is beyond any computer code ever written by man. The, just the gene code in one cell is more complicated than all the computer codes ever written by man combined. That's in one single cell and you got a hundred trillion cells in your body. How can anybody study the genetic code of anything and believe it happened by chance? That is a special kind of stupid that there's no cure for. Uh, so just to answer that really, really fast, uh, 
so DNA and uh, natural things that have natural explanations through natural processes are not all all that like it's not all of that illogical to you know come to the conclusion that natural processes cause these things and we can obviously look at machines and different things that obviously people made uh that do not have natural processes to explain it uh came about by an intelligent mind or whatnot but things that can be explained through natural processes do not need any kind of outside actor or sentient being in order to cause those things to happen well you're welcome to believe that yeah i believe cars just happen by chance lightning strikes the ground strikes strikes the iron mines and they just cars come out from lightning striking the iron mine i believe that i think Forgive That's me. I hate to way cut. less dumb than your theory, John. I hate to cut <laughs> in, you guys. Um, given that it was the super chat was for Kent, I'll, I'll let him have the last word on that one. And then, um, sorry to stop stop you, John. But um, to get to as many more as we can, uh, Avidia Nirvana asked, "What do each of you think about Alabama's awesome new C at Stration law?" Castration. Oh, castration. Okay, it applies to rapists mm-hmm. and pedos. I don't know what it um, is. I'm like totally behind on apparently everything. What is there like some Alabama law about castrating people? Yes. So recently, Alabama just signed into law a chemical castration uh, law for uh, rapists and pedophiles. Basically, if you are convicted uh, of these crimes, you will be chemically castrated. Oh, oh for people under 13. Sorry. It's only, sorry. I, Sorry, it's only for people uh, people that assault uh, children under 13. Wow, okay. This is the first time I've heard of that, but I like what I hear so far. If somebody <laughs> breaks into your house, John, and rapes your daughter, would you like something bad to happen to that person? Uh, most likely, if, if that were to happen, I would probably be the bad thing to happen to them. There you go. Wonderful. We're on the same page on that one protect your well daughter. no actually i did not agree that they should be chemically castrated or anything like that i'm actually i don't know a lot about it so i'm gonna abstain from actually giving my opinion because i haven't had enough time to actually consider it uh so it's not that i think that uh, uh rapists or pedophiles shouldn't be punished or anything like that i'm just saying that in that particular law, I don't know exactly what's in it. I don't know what it calls for. I don't know what it can be used for. So I can't really espouse my position on it. Uh, I've never heard of it until just now. I just said what I've heard so far I like. But I think uh, chemical castration or physical castration or execution for certain crimes is logical in any culture, any place. And if someone wants to, a rapist or a pedophile, that seems to be the only language they speak. Explain it to them in a language they understand. Like, you know, Louisville Slugger. Most people speak that one. If somebody comes into your house to rape your daughter, get a Louisville slugger and explain it to them. Don't do that. Okay? Gotcha. Thank you very much, gentlemen. Next up, we have uh, Wikey9. Thanks for your question. And they said for uh, comment, for, for Kent, if mainstream geological models are bust, why do they meet with success in the free market when utilized by oil companies to make money? Hmm. I don't think the geologic geologic models have anything to do with drilling for oil. They know there are certain strata they're going to encounter because that's because of a worldwide flood. You're going to go through layers of limestone and sandstone and shale and stuff like that. But I think if you went to North Korea, you would find all the textbooks are teaching communism works and capitalism's evil. And so all the kids are taught this all their life. And so they begin to believe it. 
and somebody comes along with evidence like, no, I don't think it doesn't work. Well, they put them out and, you know, they, they, they execute them. And so I think America's gotten to the point in our education system where those who dare to stand up against the dumb evolution religion are ostracized. I don't think you can show me any evidence where the evolution theory has helped in the discovery of oil or the discovery of anything. It's not only a useless theory, it's dumb to believe that an amoeba can turn to a whale and a whale has a vestigial pelvis. That's not common sense. I'm sorry. Gotcha. But that is what our schools teach. And I can understand if John goes to school for years and years and learns all this, stuff, he's probably going to believe it because that's what he's heard. A kid going to school in Korea for 30 years is going to believe capital communism works. A kid going to school in a Buddhist country is going to believe Buddhism works. It's a matter of brainwashing. It happens in every country and every culture. And so that's what that's the only reason evolution is popular today, because of the intensive brainwashing for would, the last time. Uh, Kent, would you say would you say that a would you say that a Christian kid that was brought up in a Christian country that was taught nothing but creationism would, of course, believe that the Bible's true? Absolutely correct. Now, but it's the same thing with evolution, though. Would you believe, do you believe a kid ought to be able to see all sides and make a decision for himself? Should I be allowed no. to go speak in the public schools so they can make fun no. of me, John, like you do? No, no, the, no. Creationism should not be taught in public okay. schools. Uh, the topic of religion and theology is obviously not a subject that should be discussed with uh, young children. So, but it's okay to teach young children evolution, well, even though there's no evidence of any Yes, because uh, evolution is a scientific concept that's been proven time okay. and time again through lab experiments, you. as well as the fossil record, as well as various different things that you can point to in reality. Well, I know you keep saying the, the phrase fossil record. John, there is no such thing as a fossil record. There are fossils built trillions of them. I have thousands in my museum. There are fossils. That's not a question. It's not a record. These don't talk. They don't have a date on them. No date at all, anywhere. Are you, you seriously using an equivocation fallacy to make fun of the fossil record? I enjoy making fun of evolution in general. I have a blast. I have a medical record. It is not a fucking vinyl. Sorry, I know. My bad. It is not a vinyl, like, Beatles album. Okay? We, You're uh, comparing your medical record to a fossil record. What a misuse. You're comparing of the fossil record to a Beatles album. There is no fossil record, John. There are fossils. Trillions of them. There is no record. Okay, next question. It's your interpretation you're putting on it. I think we will jump to the next question. Sorry, guys. Just uh, try to keep moving through as many as possible. Uh, Canderman. Another drink of beer. That'll help. <laughs> okay. Canderman doing a, giving a little Josh into Kent says, why do you say water so strangely? <laughs> so, um, just teasing. Uh, I don't know if you want to respond to that, Kent. You can. Is that the accent? Is it a southern accent or not? No. I. I I cannot explain to you how much fun I have making fun of those who believe they came from a rock 4.6 billion years ago. I really enjoy my job. Come down and see Dinosaur Adventure Land. <laughs> you got it. Uh, you know, I, can't, I, I, I cannot get enough making fun of people that think that God farted the universe out and then sneezed on dirt and created a human. We've got to go what? to the... Who on earth believes that? I oh, sure don't. We've got, we to go. go <laughs> got to go to the next question. Uh, I have a... Evadia Nirvana, thanks for your super chat. He said, don't forget to hit, uh, to hit the like button. We appreciate that. If A uh, couple of things to announce. One is that we will be doing, hopefully, uh, we're shooting for this coming Sunday. We'll do a charity drive in which all super chat donations will be donated to where we think it's going to be the Diabetes Research Foundation. Um, and so I uh, just want to mention that as we 
think we're going to have an argument on the contingency argument for God's existence. And if uh, another way you can help the channel, though, as Abadia Nirvana said, uh, if you're not able to give to Super Chat, like, no problem. We're thrilled just to have you here. Just by watching, you're supporting the channel. And uh, another thing is, indeed, hitting the like button actually does help. That basically gives YouTube feedback. Basically, user engagement shows that people are enjoying the video. So please do hit like if you enjoy it. Sentinel Apologetics, thanks for your question. They said, Kent, in Psalm 104.9, David writes that once dry land appears in creation day three, the ocean, quote unquote, will never again cover the earth. Uh, Noah's flood occurs after creation. If it's global, it contradicts David. Well, that's certainly a misunderstanding of what it's saying. Psalm 103 is referring to, or Psalm 104, after the flood. God himself promised Noah, he put a rainbow in the sky. It's never going to flood the world again. He's going to destroy it next time by fire, but it'll never be flooded again. That's what God's, so I don't know where they, I've never heard that anybody in the world has, has ever said that one. And I get critics from all over <laughs> come after our channel, Kent Hovind official. So no, that, 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 that it's not at all what that verse says, that God didn't promise the world would never be flooded at creation. He promised that to Noah after the flood about 1600 years later, when God flooded the world, got off. That's why we have a rainbow. It's probably not possible to have a rainbow under high pressure because you have to have clouds to get a rainbow. And if the earth had a canopy of water above, like I believe it clearly teaches in Genesis 1, 6 and 7, high pressure worldwide would be clear skies and extra air pressure, extra oxygen to breathe. You'd live a long time and feel wonderful most of the time. So I, watch my video number two. So gotcha. the rainbow indicate that that was part of the promise of never going to flood again. Next. Not. Next up. Sorry to rush you. Uh, let's see. Uh, so Ronald Madonka, thanks for your super chat. He said, keeping with my last question, what method do you use to discern between a parable and history in the Bible? I think that's for Kent. Well, the parables, uh, as I said, do not have any uh, proper names in any of them I'm aware of. Uh, there are many parables in the Bible. People use Aesop's fables. This is a common teaching method all through history to teach. I do it around here. I show people a fallen tree and say, why did this fall? It didn't have any deep roots. It had shallow roots. The wind blew it over. And so I, I use dozens or maybe even a hundred of them here in the tour. It's a common teaching method to use an illustration or a parable or a story. Aesop's fables is an example. The Bible has many of them. But if there's a proper name involved in it, yeah, it's not, I know of no cases where that's a parable. You got it? Thanks like so Jesus told about the rich man and Lazarus. who The rich man went to hell and could lift up his eyes and see Lazarus and talk to him and hear him and have a conversation. That's not a parable. It's a real place. John, I don't want you to go there. But if you want to go, go ahead. Okay. We got uh, what, what I would say, just to piggyback on on, on that, is that uh, if you look up John Dominic Crossan's Power of Parable, he lays out a very good case for the entire New Testament, uh, especially the Gospels, being a um, mega parable. Uh, and he lays out how it actually matches uh, parable mechanics and everything like that. That is a very good book to read up on if you're interested in parables and the Bible. Next up, thanks so much. We have Jonathan Brown asks, Kent, what do you do with the Old Testament flat earth verses? I don't know of any Old Testament flat earth verses. Uh, I'd like to see those. I've read the Bible many times, been a Christian 50 years. I think the flat earth theory is not the dumbest. Uh, evolution is definitely dumber, but flat earth is pretty dumb right up there getting close to it. The earth is not flat. It's round. It's a ball. It it's about 8,000 miles in diameter. Okay. 
Well, if I if I could bring it up, I don't know the exact verse, but there's at one point Jesus is brought up to a point that's high enough to where he can see all four corners of the earth. So, uh, I, I what what's your explanation for that one? I can get on my computer and see things happening in China and Japan right now. I can see every yeah, part of the not... globe that there's internet access right now from sitting here in Lenox, Alabama. So if the Satan could take Jesus up on a high mountain and show him all the kingdoms of the world, that doesn't prove the earth is flat. I can see did, all the kingdoms of did, the world sitting in Atlantic, Alabama. Can, can I, uh, let me ask one last question, and then we'll move on to the next one. Did Satan Fair. have like that AOL with the CD in it, or what kind of internet did Satan have at that time? I'm not sure if they, I don't know what kind of laptop he had either. It might have been a Mac or an IBM. I'm not sure. But, yeah, it's probably a Mac. <laughs> he seems like a guy. When you, when you like go to hell, you can ask him, John. Okay. Next up, we've got another one from uh, Avidia Nirvana. Thanks for your super chat. And they said, to Kent is, quote unquote, beer a bad word? Deer as in like the deer that run around the woods? Beer, beer, is, beer as in alcohol. like alcohol. Is beer a bad word? No, it's a, it's a word to describe alcohol. I mean, there's depending on the alcoholic content. I've never tasted any. I've seen it wreck a lot of lives, though. Gee whiz. You know, no, I've never beer tasted it. Beer is awesome, especially in these situations. Especially in these situations. John, are you getting nervous? Come on now. Is your religion being attacked? Uh, oh, no, no, no. Because I don't have a religion, so it's not be, you there's You can't attack something that's not. It'd be like me slapping a leprechaun. Okay. Okay. We've got a. Avidia Nirvana, thanks for your other question. They said to Kent, have you heard of Jesse Lee Peterson? If so, what do you think of Jesse Lee Peterson? Never heard of Jesse Lee Peterson. Don't know anything about him. Who is it? Uh, he's a controversial pastor online. Um, we've, we've requested to have him on, but we haven't heard back. But he's, he's, uh, he's a character, so I, I don't know what else to say. So, Sorry, never uh, heard of him. Don't know anything about him. Thanks for that uh, question. And then Anon... Why Mouse? Thanks for your question in Super Chat. He, he said, does Kent understand the difference between petrification and permineralization? Fossilization is the latter, not the former, as defined by the scientific literature, and that takes more than a few days to weeks in nature. I, I think I clearly understand the difference, as I mentioned when he asked the question. I think there are several different types of the way fossils can be formed. There's replacement fossils, there's mineralization, permineralization, there's... Uh, I got to go back and look up all the different kinds, but sure, I, it happens different ways, but it can happen rapidly. The fact that you have fossilized soft tissue indicates it did not take millions of years. It couldn't take more than a few hours or days in some cases. Fossilization can happen rapidly. That's my point. I've, I shall show examples in my seminar number six, watch the Hoven theory, and I cover that on there. Well, yeah, marriage has nothing to do with having babies. I mean, it often produces babies and should, but no, yeah, of course, it, I don't understand that question at all. <laughs> About 20% of the population now cannot have babies is what I've heard.
Well, I guess it depends on how you define marriage. I think all through history in every country in the world, it's been defined as a man and a woman. And if you want to be like, uh, who's the guy who says there's 57 genders? He needs to have a long talk with his mama. Uh, <laughs> I think, from my knowledge, there's only two that I've ever seen. So, okay. I don't think there's any such thing as Pangea. People say, do you think the continents were ever connected? And I say, what are you talking about? They're still connected right now. If you got a long pair of stilts, you could walk from America to Africa because the ocean has a bottom to it called the ocean floor. They're still connected. The whole world is connected right now. The low places are full of water. That's all. Doesn't mean, what do you mean, were they connected? They'll take the shape of the continent, say Africa looks like it might fit South America. Well, my house and the neighbor's house would fit too if you slid them together. What does that prove? Doesn't prove nothing. <laughs> I think that Pangea is a really extremely stupid theory. Okay, but go ahead. I believe I do think the continents are sliding around and moving a little bit. That would could be the result of Noah's flood and the cracks of the Earth opening up. The Earth has fault lines all over the place. Just the Mid Atlantic Ridge, I think, is forty-seven thousand miles, goes clear around the Earth like a zipper and spreads out a couple places. And uh, yeah, the Earth is busted up, and some of the plates are still moving. But Pangea is a really dumb theory. So uh, Pangea is not actually a really dumb theory uh, because we find fossils uh, in different parts of the globe where we wouldn't expect the fossils to be found. And that only makes sense if Pangea was an actual supercontinent in the past. Uh, there's nothing to support his whole idea that water, uh, a half a mile thick water uh, thing below the earth of the crust was, uh, before the, the crust of the earth, um, is actually a thing there's no evidence to support that whole idea um and so i will touch on the whole fo the the squid fossil thing uh, i actually just looked it up and it's not actually the soft tissue that's fossilized it's uh the harder parts of the of the um the cephalopod that would have been fossilized like the shells that they often uh, inhabited and they would be squid-like creatures. So you're you're not actually correct in the fact that a squid fossil of soft tissue was found. I think you need to do some more research. They have found fossilized octopus, fossilized starfish. This is from the University of Kentucky Geological Survey website. So it's an actual university with actual scientific information. Got to be true if it comes from Kentucky. Next up, we uh, thank you for your patience, everybody. I had my, this is the worst I've ever done at muting myself and then not unmuting. Um, so the questions that I had read is I said, basically the one about Kent I'm married and, and can't have babies, is my marriage valid? That was one that I had asked. And then hopefully everybody heard the one about petrification, permineralization. Oh gosh, I'm sorry. It's been a long day. Sergio Fredo Sarabia, thanks for your question. Uh, and we got to like question intake uh, is closed. I'm really sorry. We got to try to wrap up. Uh, basically, uh, they had said I asked the question about Pangea, right? Yep. Okay, thank you. Yes. Brian Stevens asked, has Kent ever seen a genetic algorithm which is based on biological evolution? It shows how randomness can achieve a goal-based fitness. Have I ever seen a genetic algorithm based on evolution? I guess I don't understand the question completely. I think certainly people make up all kinds of stories about the genetics and similar DNAs and try to think that that maybe proves something to somebody somewhere. But 
genetic algorithm that proves evolution? I think you can make up any stories you'd like about genetics and say that, you know, because you could pick English sentences, you know, sentences made out of English words and compare and see how many letters are similar and say, wow, this sentence has 98% similarity to this sentence with the letter structure. It doesn't prove any relationship. What they're doing, I mean, uh, the quick brown fox jumps over the lazy dog. That sentence contains every letter of the English alphabet. What if I said the quick brown fox does not jump over the lazy dog? I probably have, you know, 90% similarity, but it has a different meaning. So if there are differences in the, in the DNA codes of different animals, like they say humans and chimps are 98% similar, which they're not, they're less than 91% now, the more they dig into it. But even if there's a 1% difference, again, it doesn't prove a similarity in ancestry, it proves a similar designer, the same guy designed them. That's all. Anyway, so have, have him uh, fine tune the question a little bit and uh, try it again. And yeah. I would say special pleading, but go ahead to the next uh, question. Next one, thanks for your patience. Uh, science enthusiast, getting to the last ones here. They had said, is Kent aware that George McCready did it first? I'm not sure what uh, you're referring to when you say he did it first. Do you guys know what that might be referring to? I, I have heard of George McCready. I don't know much about him. I, apparently, he was someone who taught creation years ago, and they, they try to say he did it first. I think God actually did it first, and then Adam would have done it to his kids, and everybody would have talked about creation for a long time until somebody just a couple hundred years ago decided to come up with a dumb idea of evolution. But no, George McCready did not start teaching evolution, creation first. Uh, a lot of people have taught that and, and taught the earth is 6,000 years old. That's common teaching for all throughout history for, well, at least the earth is not millions of years old. It was just in the last 200 years this dumb religion came along that says, oh, it's billions of years old. It's just not true. Gotcha. Next up, um, Tommy Fuller asked, Kent, what makes evolution a religion? Well, you have to believe in it. You have to accept it by faith. There's no evidence for it. No farmer in the history of the world has ever seen a dog produce a non-dog or a cow produce a non-cow. They believe it happened. They've got lines on paper connecting them, but there's zero, zero scientific evidence that it even can happen. Certainly there's no evidence it has happened. Ask any farmer of anything, whether it's plants or animals, corn or, or, or cows, cows produce cows without exception. Dogs produce dogs without exception. There is zero evidence of this evolution theory that they're teaching our kids. It is a religion you have to believe in. They believe in it completely without scientific evidence. There is no scientific evidence. No fossil could possibly count as evidence of it in a court of law. You find a bone in the dirt, all you know is it died. You can't prove it had any kids, and you sure can't prove it had different kids. And why don't animals today produce different kids? If that one in the past could do it, well, why can't they do it today? How come cows always make cows today and dogs always make dogs? There are no exceptions. You may believe in it, you may believe in it very strongly. I'm sure the Buddhists believe very strongly in their religion and the Catholics believe very strongly and the communists believe very strongly. It doesn't make it true. And they might even find a lot of people who believe in it. Majority opinion doesn't matter. Even if everybody believes something, that doesn't make it true. There's what, 1.3 million or billion Muslims who believe that <laughs> Muhammad was a prophet and he split the moon in half. Gotcha. It doesn't make well, it true. Well, uh, what, what I'll say is that while uh, dogs do not produce non-dogs because of uh, mono, um, I can't, I can't remember the technical, uh, the scientific term right now. Uh, dogs, of course, will always produce dogs, but they they exist within the same species. So, uh, I mean, the, it will produce a different kind of canine eventually. Like eventually down the line, it'll change and it'll be unrecognizable 
as a dog given whatever environment that it's in so i just feel like this entire rant that you just went on shows exactly how you don't understand what evolution actually is oh i think i think i clearly understand it and you see that i understand it and you call it a rant because you're getting embarrassed because your religion's being exposed that's okay though dogs produce dogs now john hold on one thing you said dogs will always produce dogs did a dog come from something that was non-dog millions of billions of years ago? Is an amoeba a dog? Is a single-celled creature no. a dog? Do you know if, what a dog is? Tell me what the species of a dog is, like domesticated dog. Well, there's there's Canis lupus, Canis domesticus, Canis coyotes. There's four or five different ones we put in the same family. Yes, in, in the, the animals, the the, the, the canine, right? Sure. Okay. Did is an amoeba a dog? No, because I'll an amoeba exists no. separate than that particular clade. Look, you don't know what evolution is. Can we please move on to the next? Oh, I know clearly what it is. And it's no, no, you don't. Yeah, it's real stupid, but go ahead. J James, James, can we move on to the next question? <laughs> last, uh, last super chat. Um, let's see. Uh, Marty Kemiho says, Kent makes me think the, thank the goddess that I'm pagan. Uh, my guess is that's for you, Kent. Well, I don't understand that one. They want me to thank their goddess that they're pagan? Uh, they said, Kent makes me think, me uh, thank the, the goddess that I'm pagan. So I think they're a, they're a polytheist. Saying I, you can believe whatever you want. I don't care what you believe. I do believe, I believe there's going to be a judgment one day, and you're going to wish you had a savior, but if you don't want it, okay. The Bible says in the last days, the scoffers will be willingly ignorant of the creation, the flood, and the coming judgment. They don't want to admit there was a creation. They don't want to admit the evidence for a flood, this debate tonight, and they sure don't want to admit there's a coming judgment. Okay, I'll see you at the, at the, at the throne. You'll be there. And every knee shall bow, and every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father, coming soon to a city near you, John. Go ahead. Next up, uh, Sentinel Apologetics, uh, Tommy Fuller and Sentinel, these are the last ones. Uh, Tommy Fuller says, Kent, doesn't your Bible say man came from dirt? Absolutely. God took dust of the ground and made man. I, you know, General Motors takes metal out of the ground and makes cars. Gotcha. We're glad. To, uh, say, to say God can take dust and make man is very different than saying dust can make man by itself, which is what John believes. Gotcha. We very got, different. Um, let's see. Last one, Sentinel Apologetics, thanks for your question. He said, Kent, Psalm 104 is not about the flood, but a paraphrase of Genesis 1. All ancient Near Eastern scholars see it as a polemic against the Egyptian Aten creation hymn. Hmm. Tell them to give me a call. I'll straighten them out. Gotcha. We uh, appreciate everybody being here. So I want to say uh, we can't take any more questions. I'm really sorry about that. We went over time. But... Um, with that, I want to say thanks for being here. We appreciate everybody. Both of the speakers have their links in the description below. And uh, I know that one thing is uh, we definitely went over time. So I want to give a special thanks to the debaters and especially Kent, as I know that uh, usually they have an event scheduled after this. And so we really appreciate you being extra flexible. We uh, It means a lot. And I will try to figure out how we can actually keep to an hour and five minutes and not an hour and 45 minutes. So uh, thanks for staying that extra 40 minutes. Thank you for having me. Do it again anytime. And John, bring 10 evolutionists with you. I'll do 10 on one next time if I get half the time. 
Bring all the experts. That, that is not a Brazers episode I want to be part of. So we are glad to have you both. We hope everybody has a great time. Keep sifting out the reasonable from the unreasonable and take care every uh, glitch. <laughs> take care, everybody. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus. You can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.